0: This is called Fifty million buckaroos. This is Chris. I couldn't talk to my phone to make my lights turn purple. La-de-da. computer was a gateway. You know, we all want the internet
1: to exist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, nice. that's great. Yeah, so it's cool. Cool. This is
0: Shiny Podcast, following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. So yeah, I have a few minutes left on episode 13, Homework, um, which is where Worf goes and um, they kind of surgically alter his face and he goes and hangs out with this group because they need to save them from something. I need to watch it again because I still have paying attention when it was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's that's where I am. So I'm about halfway through the last season. Mm.
1: I will say this, man. The way that they end that series is perfect. Yeah. It's, and like, a lot of people have a lot of feelings about the last episode. Sure. Um, but I just, oh, it's, oh, I can't wait to talk about that. I can't <laughs> wait. And then to get, you know, your perspective on, uh, on, on, you know, the whole thing looking back, but, you know, you're almost in totality, so... Um, so like, you know, tell me, what do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's such a huge part of my childhood and my, you know, life that I'm super interested in, in your kind of analysis as somebody who's watched it as an adult.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, so I, and, and just in case this winds up in, in the show, um, or, or a show or in the archive. So I, I did not grow up watching Star Trek. I watched kind of my real first kind of getting like, Oh wait, this is actually kind of an interesting universe was, was honestly the, the new movies. And, and I had seen a bunch of episodes, like a bunch of the, the original line up with, you know, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Um, And I'd seen a couple of episodes and then I'd seen like things here and there from, from TNG. And honestly, growing up, I, I, just had this perception that I was pretty dry, um, and, and, uh, not, not something that I would be interested in. And sure. boy, I'm, I'm, am so glad that, that I think you, you have played a big part in, <laughs> in convincing me that I need to, to maybe spend some time with, with these shows. And so I started watching DS nine and, and, uh, I've, I've since finished. And then I went back and watched the next generation. Um, and, um, yeah i i i I really enjoyed both i think i enjoyed uh, it's so hard to say because i really like them both and i've yet i'm about to finish tng i'm about halfway through the last season so obviously there's kind of a big wrap up that that i'm sure is coming that that you you've mentioned that yeah yeah. um uh that that sounds like it'll make make even a a bigger difference but i have really enjoyed both shows and have really enjoyed getting to know some of the other uh species in the in the universe um i really appreciated that uh, in the next generation they address why everyone you encounter is Anthropomorphic, because yeah, that, they, was a, that was always a question I don't know that if I had. It's the watching. best
1: explanation, but it is no, an but explanation. It's,
0: it's, yeah, they they at <laughs> least attempted to address it, which I, That's I the had chase, some chase, right? Respect more. Yes, exactly. Uh. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed them both. I really uh, I'm glad I stuck with the next generation because those first couple of seasons were (laughs) rough
1: there. I mean, there's some real nuggets in there, but of course. But my (laughs)
0: God, it's like I I had a hard time (laughs) and I know that there are some people who have really, really strong feelings about uh will will wheaton's character um on on that show but i found it insanely infuriating watching these adults completely dismiss this person just because he's a child over and over like it'd be like do, do you all have collective amnesia from the thing that happened like a week ago right like I I saved the fucking day. Why why are we coming back to this point every goddamn time? Why do I have to validate myself Constantly, every single time? Right. So it was yeah, like continuity
1: you got... didn't really seem to stick until no. like season three. It just <laughs> exactly. like wasn't a thing.
0: Like oh, it was so frustrating to to watch that, and also just just really clear that there is some sort of behind the scenes. Just I don't know. It wasn't just about the character. You know Why? <laughs> uh, why? while
2: Gene Roddenberry died.
0: No, no, oh, sorry, sorry. I know, I know that. Like, once he died, it got way better. It got way better. Well, well, actually, <laughs> I didn't it started, it's,
1: say it but it's the started truth. to
0: get, he hadn't like died. He, it got better once he was unhealthy enough to not be able to work on the show anymore. He right. wound up dying a few years later. No, you're but, totally right. Um, I shouldn't
1: say that, but you're, no, you're right. It was, he, he had to leave because he got so sick.
0: Right. But yes, and it was, and also just these very strange, these strange themes that seem to be incorporated. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. There was just an odd feeling to (laughs) the first couple of seasons. And it was, it was a bit of a grind. And I remember telling you that, and you were like, just stick with it it gets better and and sure enough it did. And it's
1: pretty oh, hard cuz yeah. you know those are the days when you'd get 24 episodes per season. So you're you're like just shy yes. of 50 episodes, 50 hours of content by the time you actually get to the good stuff, which is commendable for any mere mortal. So uh when I when I showed uh when I got Shannon into Star Trek, I picked four or five episodes across seasons 1 and 2, and then we just started on the first episode of season 3. Right on. Yeah, which was you know, which was which was good. We then went back and watched the entirety of season one and two. But like, you know, I was like, I am not going to let this one get. Yeah. away. <laughs>
2: yeah. I want
1: marry this girl. I'll hook you in.
0: <laughs> you can never get away from this.
1: But, you know, you got to watch Encounter at Farpoint. You got to watch. Um, uh, you got to understand why everybody cares about Tasha. Uh, you got to <laughs> you got to know where the Borg came from. Um There's an episode. I think this is a late season one or season two. It must be season two because I remember Riker having a beard. There's an episode in season two, I think, called "A Matter of Honor," where Riker participates in an officer exchange and ends up on a Klingon bird of prey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought is 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 like I always tell tell people. By the time you make it to that episode, you're starting to see the future unfold, right? Like, that is one of the best early episodes, I think. And I love that. No, spoilers. I mean, it's been more than, you know, 20 years, guys. So, (laughs) at this point, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Star Trek, go and do it right now. Stop the podcast. Go do it. Okay, cool. Disclaimer's done. Um, The sort of seminal point of this episode is this battle that the Klingon captain insists has to happen between the bird of prey and Riker's old ship, the Enterprise D, because of you know, because of a plot fungus. Um, <laughs> but the scene, like like the last 15 minutes or whatever when when Riker assumes command of the uh, or, or sorry of the bird of prey. And does so by beating the fuck out of the captain.
2: Yes. (laughs) And,
1: like, it was amazing. And then, at the end of that, he let himself get thrashed by this guy so that the crew would restore their faith in that Klingon captain. It was just a cool, like, you know sort of like anthropologically oriented, you know, what is culture kind of episode. And I love that. It was one of the first times they really went all in on Klinghuts.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and kind of along those same lines, um, one of my favorite episodes, um, it was kind of early season five, I want to say the Darmok episode. Oh! That's that was definitely one of my favorites. That's one just of the kind of
1: best episodes of television ever written, dude.
0: Just playing with like the linguistics of like learning a new you know species, uh, the way they communicate, and having to like make that work. And and uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was a really cool, cool episode. I really enjoyed that one. Every
1: to this day, every time I have to give somebody bad news, I'm always tempted to lead with "Timba" when the walls fell. <laughs> What? Uh, what? <laughs> Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> oh man.
0: So yeah, my my plan is as I as I mentioned is to, to finish the next generation, and then I do want to go and, and watch some, some more watch some deep space nine again. Yeah. so that i just have a
1: different perspective because you you sort of watch the i don't know so so the way that the sort of production angle happened right like um so i don't know if you can bring yourself back to the mid-90s um and and how television worked back then uh next generation started in 1987 i know that because we're the exact same age (laughs) right and Lasted for seven years. Deep Space Nine started in the fifth season of Next Generation, I think.
0: Yes, there's a couple years overlap.
1: Right. And Voyager came out soon after that. Now you've never seen Voyager, right?
0: I have not, and in fact, I've been meaning to ask you what you think about that show because I have not seen a, I don't think I've seen a single episode of that. Of that, I'm gonna show.
1: I'm gonna tell this. Story first and then I'll answer that question. Okay. Because I think it'll Mm kind of help put it in context. So right when I was a kid growing up on Star Trek, uh, you know, every single I forget what night it came out, but it came out eight o'clock. I think on a Friday. Actually, I remember I remember because I was allowed to stay up that late and watch Star Trek. That was like the night I could stay up late and and watch TV. (laughs) So we did. And we did that. I mean, literally as far back as I can remember because we were, you know, born the same year. So, yep. so when that ended, DS9 was in its second season or something like that, going into the third. That makes sense. And yep. at that point, a new channel had been launched called UPN. Okay. UPN. Exactly. UPN. <laughs> and so what ended up happening was on this new fledgling channel Voyager became the sort of flagship Star Trek show and DS9 got sort of like pushed to the side and ended up on WB yes. so for us mere cable payers I I, I did from, from what year would that be 96, 97 something like that um from that moment on, I couldn't watch Deep Space Nine because we had cable and I couldn't get a hold of, of it, and my parents weren't gonna pay for uh, the extra package. So functionally, I watched the first two seasons of DS9 and then that was it. <laughs> that was it. And Voyager took over. So I was a little salty about that. Um yeah. I really, you know, Deep Space Nine was awesome. Um So Voyager becomes the the the, the flagship, and what ends up happening is The people who wrote Voyager kind of hated each other. (laughs) And... As all good
0: working relationships. Yeah. yeah,
1: They they were, like, not on great terms. And so that's reflected in the continuity, or shall I say, the lack of continuity, in the entire series. (laughs) Like it is voyager is definitely the most monster of the week series of star trek that exists over and above the original series um there are some amazing standouts some amazing standouts but overall i would put voyager probably behind both or uh, uh, behind the original series ds9 and next generation not in not oh, in that wow. order okay um the good episodes are really good but it's quite a juxtaposition where on uh, a show that should have been allowed and able to really explore because you know the premise of the show is that there's a there's a federation ship thrown to the other side of the galaxy where there is no federation right so for for a show that should have been Able to explore far, you know, the deepest of all. Right, what ended up happening was Ronald Moore, who went on to do Battlestar Galactica reboot in like '04, sure. was basically given show the show running of Deep Space Nine, and it was sort of you know allocated to this back station in in in, uh, well it's funny um (laughs) it's a funny playing words this back television station backwater television station and so that show was allowed to experiment with you know with story arc and with continuity and with with you know uh, uh, a a sort of serial nature of television that eventually Uh became the norm and i really believe that deep space nine was the, if not the birth, part of the birth of what we consider to be modern television. It was serial in nature. It was a long thought out story. Um, It was very character driven. And, you know, they changed. Characters changed from season one through season seven. Those characters are completely different. You know, think about Kira, right?
0: Yes, oh man. yeah, absolutely. and yeah, big big changes,
1: whereas Voyager, despite the premise, became a fairly corporatized bland experience, really. Mm, yeah, it too is bad. too bad it It is really, really too bad. However, if it wasn't for that, we might not have gotten ever gotten the Battlestar Galactica reboot, which would have been just the saddest thing because that's amazing. <laughs> have <laughs> right you seen on. that?
0: No. oh dude i know i know um i think that folks uh, folks i also don't know how to ride a bike <laughs> <laughs> so Aww. i know i i have a list of there's things so much
1: goddamn tv out when i there, i mean when no i judgment. say
0: like like oh have you done this or you know Oh, have you uh, have you contributed this much to your retirement? And I have to say, no, because I'm no because I was born and... after
1: 1970. Asshole. No,
0: because I was born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so things things on that list that I constantly have to defend myself against. No,
1: this is a this is a, a no judgment zone. Well, that's not true. However, when it comes to <laughs> science fiction, we the Shiny Podcast prefers to look at everything as an opportunity, right? <laughs>
0: Cool. Absolutely. And and what an opportunity that will be because all of my friends have seen it. They absolutely love that show. And I I, it is on,
1: I think coming from Deep Space Nine, you're going to have I I, that's really going to that's going to be very interesting because you will see threads that most people did not see. You'll understand storytelling threads and structure. And you'll and there will be times it will be like oh my god, oh my god that that reminds me of the and you know because it's Ronald Moore it's the same guy, got it yeah and okay. it's fascinating DS nine is such a fascinating you know moment in history because they were experimenting with television formats mm-hmm. like you know fifteen years ahead of everybody else
0: right <laughs> right on man
1: but next gen not to. You know, I could talk about Star Trek forever. Star Trek is like, you know, one of the few things I've loved my entire life. But the next the next generation, even though it's definitely more episodic, it's definitely a product of its time. Um, Definitely, you know, technically in terms of like uh, special effects, a product of its time. The. Thing that I'm always struck with is that cast fucking loved what they were doing they had a blast making the next generation
0: and it's so clear i mean it's it, it really does come through that that is the case and if you're
1: on twitter these days it's like one of my favorite things to 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 just watch the tng cast like they're still super pals they talk to each other on twitter all the time it's one of my like you know 2018 sort of weird things that I get to enjoy. You know what I mean? It's like we're in the future. So I get to watch these people who don't know me at all. Talk to each other like they're friends. And for some reason, it makes me happy. (laughs) All right on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. beautiful. That's a good segment. Just like, yeah, just just one other
0: thing. (laughs) Ta-da, ta-da. Say that again. Terra
1: Tata Tada T uh, T,
0: which is how which is how Patrick Stewart in his character says territory. T
1: E D D A T O E D D E E. Sure, Tada Tore, <laughs> <Ta-da, ta-da. laughs> You know he hated the show when yeah. he first started. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
0: (laughs) I guess I can see that. He's such a classically trained actor. I mean, he's so. I mean, he's a Shakespearean actor, and and I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I can see that being a tough transition.
1: Thought it was a train wreck. Hated it. He thought the cast joked around too much.
2: (laughs) Acting (laughs) is serious, serious.
1: Uh, but I'm so glad he loosened up because man, it is just so it's so evident in that entire series that they're having a blast, which is why the end of the series is going to break your heart. Yeah, the very last sentence of the entire series, I just oh, God, oh, God, it's perfect. It's perfect. They never should have made Nemesis. <laughs> have you seen the TNG movies? I've seen a
0: bunch of them. Um, I have not seen Nemesis Mm -hmm. because I heard that it's kind of. Don't watch it until you
1: finish the series. Yeah, it. Yeah, it'll.
0: Yeah. Should I treat it as just a separate entity and just not related
1: to the show? No, I know it's actually um, if you follow the sort of uh, um, comic canon of the new J.J. verse, it's pretty important, actually. Um, okay there's a for those who don't know i forget what it's called it's like countdown or something like that there's a series of comic books that explains the bridge between the uh, former uh star trek universe and the uh jj verse that sort of like explains that whole thing which is worth it
0: gotcha okay right on another another yeah group. add that one to the list too <laughs> yeah
1: long story short though you've seen uh, star trek 09 and its its sequels right yes long yeah. story short though because it, it 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 this part doesn't matter um in the future several decades after tng ends romulus is in trouble and you know spock goes back in time accidentally while trying to stop a supernova happening uh that would decimate romulus in the bad guy in Star Trek 09, they don't tell you in the movie, but he's a Romulan like like laborer. His like ship is actually a mining ship. Oh yeah. And it had been partially assimilated. Like they had this run-in with the Borg. Yeah, like all of this shit they don't tell you about. But like the reason why a Romulan mining ship was so powerful is it had been partially assimilated. And then they fought them off and were able to like reclaim the ship. But then they get sucked into this like time travel thing and immediately captured by Klingons. So there's like whoa tons of meat there yeah it's it's i i, I that's really a lot wish of really had...
0: helpful context for
1: <laughs> yeah i know i really wish they had done it but they were trying to like you know pretend like they were tr- you know it was a media mm-hmm. story mm-hmm.
2: yeah no. unacceptable
1: but that's cool In the back of my mind sabotage is going on. <laughs> <Yeah. you
2: know?
0: laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I can't wait to finish it. That's gonna be great. That's uh, gonna be great. We should do like a special, like like the uh, the the post TNG like breakdown, um, the, the Shiny Podcast special.
0: Oh, uh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, we
1: should totally do that. We should totally do that. People listen on Opera Mini on iOS, which I'm is late interesting. I'm the party movie. here,
2: but there's an operating system called Fedora.
1: Oh yeah, That's a. Oh yeah, Davis, I could wax on a long time about Fedora. It's a, it's a fascinating <laughs> thing. Can just give me a brief
2: overview. I just, I, I want to know what
1: um, it is. Okay, okay, it's gonna take me 60 seconds. Are you good for 60 seconds of explain? Dude, I'm great. Okay. I'll, I'll be okay. right back. There are predominantly in a, in in uh the world three major open source Linux operating system companies. There is Canonical, Red Hat, and SUSE. SUSE Enterprise something blah, 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 blah. I don't know, they're in Germany. I can't I don't actually know what it's called today. Um they all have their own ecosystems of Linux operating systems. Uh and they all they kind of vary in how those communities work. Okay, Fedora is the Skunkworks testing ground, like new, cutting edge version of what eventually becomes Red Hat Enterprise Linux. And Red Hat Enterprise Linux is like the most profitable company in the Linux world of all time. Like they're a two billion dollar per year publicly traded company. They're huge, and like. If we go up to Dartmouth and like look in their closets, we're going to find Red Hat servers. Like, big organizations pay a lot of money to run their shit on Red Hat. And so Fedora is kind of like the um, testing ground for all of the new shit that's coming down the pipe. But it's a pretty much totally community run thing, so it's not like a corporate... Like, it's a really cool way how it works, like a, a whole bunch of people Many of them are employed by Red Hat and some are not contribute to this like cool like desktop server like this so huge... it's kind
2: of like a permanent beta.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah. it's exactly like a permanent beta cool. except That's, that there's I
2: like that idea that there's like a, always kind of user generated content and like user Exactly user administration and shit, like
1: but they do it in a way that like lets you like they do it in a super structured way so that it's like it feels like like the real thing. It's like it's like it's just like game time except cutting edge. You know what I mean? Like when you go to deploy the enterprise like holy fuck version that costs a fuck ton of money, it's the same stuff. And it, and it works the same way. So it's really cool that they like they're kind of regimented but it's also super hippie because like code's coming in from all sorts of places. But also they like do it in a way that lets you translate those skills. It's really it's a really cool thing. But it's the worst the worst. Is everybody listening at home? I love Fedora. It is the worst branded thing of all time. In is. Especially when it comes to like a geeky thing, we really should think of a different name for Fedora.
2: I'm glad that I'm glad <laughs> we got back to that because like you knew the angle I was coming. Exactly. From. Like, I look at Fedora and you said, and I was like, I know that he's going to say this is some fascinating, like, absolutely, it's amazing. To the, the technological universe, you know, and like, but that's a terrible name.
1: But it's the worst branding, and anybody outside of the fedora bubble, like, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dial in, you gotta call in, because, like, I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> I don't know, like, what
2: is, why. And I'm looking it, at- Just call it, dude, just call it fucking Top Hat.
1: That know? would be better. That yeah. would be better. Call
2: it Bowler. Red Hat is- Call it fucking, like, Sailor's Hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The operating system.
1: Red Hat so, is uh rebranding like they're working on a new logo. Oh well
2: they're a fucking hat too man.
1: Yeah I get it.
2: <laughs> I just you know, I saw a level deeper into this whole hat
1: thing. Oh it goes yeah. so deep it's a stupid stupid deep gradient thing you know red hats and white hats and black hats and green hats and blue hats and so what
2: is a, so where's like Ubuntu in the well
1: Ubuntu is is the of those three companies Ubuntu is Canonical's product.
2: Okay, I was gonna say, like, I know one of those is the parent company, right? Right. Does. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I do most of my shit in Ubuntu because um, that's
2: what you put on my computer, man. I dig it.
1: Yeah, I'm not a masochist, so I use Ubuntu. <laughs> it's like uh, the purist would probably tell you that things are, um, you know, defaults are bad, right? Because like it's all configured and blah 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 blah. I really like it when I can just deploy servers and systems that I don't really have to think about things. It's awesome. So that's what you do. use Ubuntu for it. If you want granular you know control, you go with other systems in my opinion. But I'm just one guy. We should probably do this show.